We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know if that's just he happened to get hot at the end of the season. I, I like rolling the dice on maybe he just did get that good. And if he is that talented and they want to give him the ball that much, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've completely flipped the script on him. We just yeah. did a 180. <laughs> well, this is what we did last time, too. It's like everything is worse, but it probably still doesn't. It's probably still not enough. And people are already yeah. factoring it in to him as a player. Yeah. And we're I would it. say he, we'll see if uh, Jonathan Taylor can stay hot. Um, I got one more lock that I just remembered. Uh, I, it's a third you, you one. Did but the, you did the I, stay hot. Th- you did the stay hot. I did. You said <laughs> the name of the podcast. Hot. Nice. I did say the name. <laughs> now we can stop. The podcast is over. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the bonus episode of Stay Hot. I'm joined, as always, by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Theo Ash and Matthew Spawnauer. How are you guys today? I'm awesome. Late. Here, <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you decided to join us for the bonus episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing good too, just like I was last episode. Nice. We we were talking earlier about how Matt has like the most grown up room for anyone other, like anyone under the age of like thirty. I, you know, I I'm very proud of my room. I'd like to say um, it's a good room. I've got plants. I've got cool posters. I've I like got the radio a desk and a, I've got a, a nice window. Radio head poster Thank you. Crazy. I've got the Joy Division poster. You've got the radio head poster. Bladen, where's your depressed, like, <laughs> depressed, like. <laughs> that's that's true. I, I put that Dude, poster I, up. I, I said, need to get, look. like, a band poster. I, 
I got, got I'll, I'll get one. I, I'll get one. Get it no, framed and everything. Be, you you put, mean like an Interpol poster to complete the like. <laughs> the, the I was going to get like, I was going to get like Muse or like, uh, shoot, this one band I've been listening to. I don't know how, but they found me. Like, get get like some alt yes. funk in there. Yeah. No, do, you know, do you know who that is, Theo? You, you mess with, I don't know how, uh, but you they found sh- me. You showed us them in, in Vegas. Did I? Oh, I did. That's right. W, they're fire. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we're going to finish out the fantasy locks today. We're going to go over the AFC North and AFC South, which gives me an excuse to talk about the Browns, obviously. But make sure you guys like, subscribe, leave a review, comment, etc. Keep growing this podcast on all platforms, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, the works. And if you haven't, make sure you follow at StayHotPod on TikTok for some awesome content there as well. Now, uh... We're going to start with the AFC South. I assume so we can finish with the Browns best for last. Um, <laughs> but starting with the AFC South, are there any guys in here that you feel are locks? Matt, let's start with you. AFC South? AFC South. You always say locks when I'm about to give like a deep sleeper who's like, I think this guy should be rostered and he's not. <laughs> yeah, maybe like locks and letdowns aren't the right terminology. It's just like, yeah, good, guy, not here's good. a guy I like and guy I do not like. A guy I like, <laughs> Carlos Hyde. Now that there's no more ETN, I still think that they yeah. plan to spread the ball out a little bit more this year. I think Carlos Hyde's going to get some goal line work. Uh, I think his ADP is crazy low or whatever. He's probably rosterable. I'm not saying he has a super, super high upside, but I think he could be a valuable backup. I think the lock that I've got is Michael Pittman. He's going as wide receiver 52 right now as a primary weapon Ooh. on a team that, you know, we all know how we feel about Wentz and we feel that he is not that good, <laughs> but <laughs> the potential for them to move up and down the field. And Wentz does like his big bodied wide receivers like Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard and uh, Zach Ertz. Historically, those are the guys that succeed with Wentz. Michael Pittman fits that description. He's the number one wide receiver, I think. I think he's better than T.Y. at this point. So to get him at wide receiver 50, 53, I think, is where I'm seeing him at, like way low. Like that's, that's pretty good value there to me for a guy who could be seeing a lot of goal line work fades and a guy who historically um, has a path to success with, with Carson Wentz and in that offense. And he was good last year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a really good pick. I wouldn't have gone that direction. Um, I'm going with a guy who I don't think he's not like super underrated. It's not going to be like awesome value or anything, but Ryan Tannehill, I think is going to be a pretty solid choice in fantasy. Just kind of like, Last or not last episode, but a couple episodes ago, we were talking about Tom Brady and how just he's just going to be so reliable. I think Tannehill is going to be kind of the same way. There's just no way with all those weapons, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, you know, maybe you're worried about Derrick Henry taking too much of a load. But I, I just don't see a scenario in which like Tannehill underperforms and he's at quarterback 10 right now. So I think that's I think that's a very solid place to be. Yeah, I, I I do like going like kind of swinging around and take a late, a late quarterback if I don't see the value uh, with like a Josh Allen or or one of those top guys. And Tannehill's a good dude to do it with because he's in a great offense. Exactly. Moving on. I think one to, more guy. Oh, I was gonna I, do. Oh, I was yeah. gonna move on to letdowns. But if you wanna, if you have another guy that you really like, let's let we can do knock out the locks back to back. I might, I might steal this from Spun Hour, but I've got Brandon Cooks as my other lock, kind of in a similar way to Michael Pittman. It's you like steal that from Spun Hour. It's tough. I did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean it was like you your stole second a guy, guy? On my list. Yeah, he was my second guy. 
Oh, I well, don't blame I you, think it's someone a great else. Pick. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't mean like that. <laughs> Anyways, Cooks is, we both agree that, I mean, you're getting a guy who is historically overperformed wide receiver, like whatever he's getting drafted in the 40s. 40. Yeah, he's, he's the guy there. Like, who else is there's Nico Collins, the rookie. There's Anthony Miller, who's going to be in the slot. But not having a good quarterback is not the same as not having a quarterback at all. You're going to pass the f- football around <laughs> yeah. and someone needs to catch it. Like, it's not like there's not a quarterback there that can't complete passes. Like, again, it may not be the top offense in the league, but you're still getting a guy who's going to be on the field for almost 100% of the snaps and a guy that's going to be, you should be getting plenty of targets because he's a talented guy who's historically, you know, put up good seasons and, you know, unless he falls off a cliff this year, you there's no reason to expect, I think, another pretty successful season from him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's definitely like, oh, their offense is going to be terrible. And their offense yeah, probably is It will be. be. <laughs> it probably will be. <laughs> but they will still run and pass and try to score. And somebody is going they, to gain they some yards there. They will run and pass. <laughs> yeah. They will, they will exist so. on the football field at times. <laughs> So, uh, Brandon, the other thing with Brandon Cooks is the injury problems. I think are pretty uh, are pretty real, but I still think he's undervalued, even taking that into it's, consideration. It's, he's never been a sexy pick. He's Brandon Cooks. He's the most fine wide receiver like ever. Like <laughs> he's been in the league forever. He's always pretty good, but not great. At this point, people are bored of him trying to find the next big thing instead of just taking the like Brandon Cooks in front of him. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's totally fair, Matt. Since uh, Theo stole your guy, do you have another or no? That was it, but I have a letdown that I want to talk about a little bit. Because me and okay. Theo, we were talking about him earlier, and we didn't have the guts to say him, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have some guts now. I don't love Jonathan Taylor uh, for next year. I don't know. There's too many running backs on that team. They have a great offensive line, and they're going to run it like you know crazy probably. But I don't know, dude. If what if they want to use Marlon Mack? If they want to use him a decent amount, you would feel very, yeah. very nervous about Taylor because then you have Hines in there too, uh, and we don't know what they do with Quentin Nelson is. So, you know, I still probably have him as a running back one in that top twelve guys, but I'm a little bit lower on him in the first round. I almost this is me telling tales out of school, and this is me speculating and this is me giving a vibe check but i kind of feel like marlon mack might be one of those guys that just disappears <laughs> i don't know i feel like he might I, be that guy who marlon is like a mack big name who rushed for a, a thousand yards one time a long a long time ago and he might be alfred morris now and it just is some dude who's there a little bit i i don't have any basis for saying this that's just the vibe i get from him no it's just it's so I want to say that I don't trust Taylor and then I'm so easily talked out of it every time because like <laughs> if if I if you were the offensive coordinator who would you give the ball to Hines and <laughs> Taylor Hines. Yep, that's Hines. what you do so I I can't disagree uh the offensive line still should be good with you know and hopefully they get Quentin Nelson back so but I, can't, I do I'm agree with you that like now. end end of the first round like Taking him in the elite range, like I would take Zeke before him easily, easily. Yeah. And I'm betting he's, in he's most getting, fantasy Here's the leads. thing. And I wish that was like, that could be my take, but I think he's getting taken behind Zeke typically. I don't think I've ever seen him taken behind Zeke. And honestly, 
if I'm being real, Hines, not Hines, uh, Taylor is a type of guy who I see dropping a lot of drafts, a lot of mocks I've been doing with people. He drops. Uh, so even having him as like a, as a sleeper or not a sleeper as a bust probably is wrong. Cause he, it doesn't ever seem to go as high as his ADP is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I kind of agree with you because it's like, what makes a situation not worse? Everything is worse than it was last year. So it's like, right. why are we that's, expecting that's, last year's results? You know, that that I can understand. But he was, again, he finished his like running back six last year and he wasn't getting the ball all that much. So if he gets it- He wasn't, like, he wasn't getting the ball all that more, much. He went crazy the, the second half of the season. The end, the end he was he, getting He went nuts. Lot, and so. I, don't, I don't know if that's just he happened to get hot at the end of the season or if he really is that good. Um, but if he gets past, like after Zeke and probably Chubb and Barkley, maybe not even Chubb, uh, you start to get in a range where it's like, I, Chubb. he's, he's right Chubb there. So like maybe, so maybe at eight, eight yeah. or nine, you start to get in that range where like, I, I like rolling the dice on maybe he just did get that good. And if he is that talented and they want to give him the ball that much. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've completely flipped the script on him. We just yeah, did a 180. Well, this is what we did last time too. It's like everything is worse, but it probably still doesn't. It's probably still not enough, and people are already yeah. factoring it in to him as a player. Yeah. And I would say he, we'll see if uh, Jonathan Taylor can stay hot. Um, I got one more lock that I just remembered. Uh, I, it's a third you, you one. Did but the, you did the I, stay hot. Th- you did the stay hot. I did. You said I the did name of the podcast. Hot. Nice. I did say the name. <laughs> now we can stop. The podcast is over. But. At any rate, <laughs> I'm just going to quickly mention, I really like Marvin Jones down in, ja- in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. it is clear. I think that it is clear that he is the best wide receiver there. That, um, and that means trusts that, him the most. That my other uh, letdown, I don't mean to interrupt you, but DJ Chark is, yes, is kind of the I guy agree with you. I, yeah, we'll, I we'll go with like that. That'll be a good transition. I think Marvin Jones is the guy who's get, getting drafted behind LaVisca and Chark. I think he finishes with more targets than both of them because yeah. he's good. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just don't think, I think it really is. He is not as exciting as those two guys. I think people just aren't quite as excited about uh, Jones, but he could very easily be the number one target on that team. Very, very, very easily. Matt, I'm kind of mad. I'm kind of mad. You, you took my guy. I was going to, I was about to lean into Marvin a little bit. I wasn't a big fan of him earlier, but uh, I've recently. Well, do you have any guys who do you, do you have any backups? Are you not ready for this? You know, I've been leaning into Mark Ingram a little bit. And, you know, as a sleeper, Theo said I need to clarify that, that I need to clarify that we're going to, I'm going to say that Mark Ingram is going to be a little bit of a sleeper. Philip Lindsay, from what I've read, hasn't been super spectacular. David Johnson is kind of this just injury prone. And even when he comes back, he's not really that guy he was for one stint in um, Arizona. I think Mark Ingram might get the majority of the touches. And again, this is an offense, Houston, that's not going to be very good. But they have to play offense and someone has to someone has to do something on the field. So even if he only has like 800 yards, you know, I I don't think it'll be like by any means a bad stretch for him. I feel like someone has to do something in that offense. I think it'll be Mark Ingram. I can see that that's, reality, that's and he's going take. as running back 70 right now. Um, it's just such an insane split backfield. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's probably – he's getting, like, almost no love at all, and I can see him, you know, definitely carving out a role because, you know, David Johnson and, and Philip Lindsay are probably nothing special at this point, and 
neither exactly. might be Mar- we've uh, seen Mark Ingram, we've but. seen Mark Ingram so, <laughs> but we've seen well, we've Mark seen, Ingram we've seen know, David do Johnson nice do well that would probably but be David Johnson I would like the most injury what do you think that, like David Johnson was a I good like fantasy if, running if, back if David last Johnson year. is and actually, if David I, I Johnson's kinda, healthy, I could see it. David guess, Johnson, but, he's at like 40. I don't know. I don't trust Engram to really get that big share of the, the carries. He probably is going to finish better than running back 70 if he can stay healthy. Uh, but David Johnson has big time receiving upside. So he'd probably be my pick if things were to work I think out. I, for him. I think I would lean Matt here and, and agree that of the three, Lindsay being above both of them, oh I think is wrong. God. But, but what, um, what I, I think the I think the real uh, play here is to draft none of these guys because I don't know what's going to happen. They're all <laughs> it's the same deal with who are we talking about last time? Where it's like, yeah, this guy could be good. The Bills, but, uh, dude. The Bills receivers not, outside of Diggs. Oh, I just the Bills don't know receivers. <laughs> just like don't take a chance on them. It's like I, they're, they're all good, out, and like one of them, maybe one of them gets hurt, and then all of a sudden, totally different game. But I don't know. Yeah. I'd say maybe no, one letdown, and I've talked about this before, is Julio. And I think if Julio is viewed as like kind of the tier in the tier one of wide receivers, and he might even go before AJ Brown in some leagues. Like I don't know if that's an average. His ADP right now is fourteen. 14. It's really receivers. Low. Is it? Uh, yeah, it, it's I don't not, know. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like the ADP and what actually happens in the leagues of of casual players is a little bit different in this case. I would feel yeah. uncomfortable with him as my wide receiver, like lock wide receiver one. Um, but if he's wide receiver 14, then I guess I don't care that much and I'm not going to complain. Anyway, he's just someone that's injury yeah, prone and has never scored him, a lot if of he's touchdowns. Like a wide receiver and, too. Yeah. I don't know though, but if he's wide receiver 14 and you're getting him as a, he's like a high end wide receiver two. Uh, that's something yeah. I can't really complain you're about. Feeling, but yeah. Just you're to just to throw there. it out there, just to put it put it out there a little bit. I'm a little bit cautious. Don't overdraft the name. Is, is don't overdraft the name Julio yeah. Jones. And I feel like you know ADP is awesome, but there's always one guy in your league who will see the name Julio Jones and be like, oh my god, that's the best wide receiver in the league, and he's here at wide receiver five or something. <laughs> and then it's like, don't be that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. That's my only warning. Yeah, that is, that is the one thing to worry about. Matt, do you have... Oh, I guess you were saying that uh, your letdown was Chark, right? Yeah, I had Chark. And I'll, I'll call yeah. it at that. You guys want to get into the AFC North? Yeah, let's get into, let's get into my, uh, my favorite division in the NFL. Well, technically, it's my least favorite division as a, as a, as a unit. It's just my favorite team is in the division, but uh-huh. outside of the... Let's, but let's like, talk you, about you, the damn you, fantasy players. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like, please just stop talking about the Browns. I swear well, maybe it's in my favorite or my least favorite. Who knows, man? That's, uh, I have, let's, I let's, have a, a yeah. fantasy lock that I, I've recently changed my mind on, and I now feel very confidently about. I really like Najee Harris. I think that he is in line for a ton of work. I think that they're going to make a point of running the ball with him a lot. And I, I do think he's a really talented back. Um, I've seen him go like at, at 16 overall. That's really good value. That's really good value. I, he I is really, currently ranked above Austin Eckler. He yeah, is that, running, that, he is running might, back might, 11 right now. Okay, so I might take Eckler above him. He's down one spot then for me. I wouldn't call that like a... 
But <laughs> I love Najee Harris for next year. Oh, I think 10, I think they're yes. going to make I think they're going to make a point of making him the workhorse back. I think so too. My only thing is like, can the Steelers afford to have a workhorse back with where they're going to be? Like, if the running game, if again, if the first quarter rolls around and he has seven carries for fourteen yards, like, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like the James Con like. You get you go from James Conner to Najee Harris, and what changes? Like I know that he's more athletic than James Conner. I know uh, that. The, but the difference is that they spent a first round draft pick on Najee yeah. Harris. I, and they've given they gave James James Conner a huge workload before. Like that, that's not they something they that. haven't done before. And even if they are passing a ton, do you think Big Ben's going to be able to air it out a ton? Probably not. No. Right? Like we're projecting. No. I feel like that bodes really well for Najee Harris catching a bunch of passes. But James Conner was a good was a good pass catching back too, and he didn't catch that many passes last year. And now they've got Pat Fryermuth, and they've got you know Johnson and Juju, and like I just don't know how often that you want to get the running back involved. And in it's not like he's Christian McCaffrey out here. It's not like he's Austin Eckler. He got in twenty eighteen. They gave him seven seventy one targets in thirteen games. I really think that a healthy uh, Najee Harris, they're going to get like their point is they want to make him the workhorse back. And I, I do get that, like, maybe if they go down really early, but they have a great defense. So I don't think they're going to need to score like 35 points a game. Plus it's less about them running the ball a lot. And it's more about them running the ball with one dude. Like the Panthers Fine. are like yeah. 24th in rushing attempts, but we don't care. I guess that's different because yeah. McCaffrey's uh, receiving upside. But yeah, I totally believe in Harris. You could get a huge steal with him. If you draft you're, him in the you're second. You're probably right. Fine. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Theo, fine. Theo All right. Fine. Theo I'll concede. Fine. All right. Okay. All right. Who, who's your guy, Theo? Uh, I've got a bust, and I'm going to call him Jarvis Landry. I don't think that that's a guy I would be targeting high. Where at is all. Jarvis being drafted? About what? 38. Mm-hmm. Above Pittman, above uh, Marvin Jones. And it's like, Landon, you like Donovan Peoples Jones, right? Yeah, and you like Rashard Higgins, and you think they yeah. have talent and upside, and you want them to get more targets. Who's getting the targets taken away? You know, Jarvis, Jarvis Landry has been a drag route merchant for years. That guy <laughs> is not. He ran like a four point eight at the guy. He ran like a four point seven. <laughs> Dude is. I do not think Jarvis Landry is. I've <laughs> always thought he's merchant. overrated. He has one more Pro Bowl. If he gets one more Pro Bowl selection, he matches Randy Moss's career total. And I think that's a travesty because that guy is not fast. He doesn't get hit down the field the whole line. Pro Bowls literally don't matter. There definitely has been like, he's had some weird seasons, like 161 targets, didn't hit a thousand yards. I don't want to get too much into like the stats or whatever, because but like that's kind of crazy. That's pretty insane. I'm telling you, there are guys with better skill sets than Jarvis Landry, and guys who offer more than Jarvis Landry, and who can do more because they're faster, better after the catch, and have more reliable hands. I'm telling you, Jarvis Landry <clears throat> is a good sh- like short to intermediate. He's like a maybe a discount Keenan Allen, where he's like a good short to intermediate type of route runner, and he's open in those areas. But you know, I want a more dynamic guy than that. I do, and I think uh, Peoples Jones and and uh, not Hollywood Brown, uh, Hollywood Higgins is. Uh, if you want them to get more targets, and I think Odell is. I still think I don't think the gap between the things Odell Beckham can do and the things Stefan Diggs can do are all that different. I really don't. I think Odell is still a fantastic wide receiver that is just. 
needs had, to form a better connection. And he's someone that I think is getting undervalued yeah. right now. And I like all those guys. So it's like, who's getting taken away? Jarvis Landry. Well, here's the weird thing about that, right? Odell Beckham out. You're like, okay, well, that, that's got to be good for Jarvis. Uh, he dropped he, he dropped from 138 targets to 101 last season with because Odell broke, out. Wide receivers broke out behind him. Yeah, so I, I kind of think that, and they, they drafted somebody. Who, who, Anthony, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Uh, so I, I don't know, dude. dude. I mean, that, he's so fast. I, I kind of I do think that he might be trending in the wrong direction here. You would have expected his production to stay, at least out of like the targets to stay similar with Odell out, and it, it just hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think and the I biggest like if, problem if they're for gonna the trade, Browns, If they're going to trade a wide receiver, there's all the Odell Beckham trade rumors. If they were to trade a wide receiver, it would be Jarvis, in my opinion. I'd be, yeah, I'd I, I, think, I think the big thing with the Browns, I think kind of everyone on that is a risk in fantasy, even Odell. Just because there are so many, you know, we we talk about like literally every offense. Odell, if anyone has, or maybe um, Nick Chubb, right? I I would think that Nick Chubb probably has the highest ceiling in fantasy. And then maybe Odell after that, but no one else, I I wouldn't even bat an eye in anyone else's direction. It's just, it's it's really scary. I disagree 100%. Yeah, this is you overrating the Browns. You're trying to play it out. So we should have so many people. This- <laughs> Odell, Odell's big concern is him getting hurt and Baker getting the ball. Not everyone else being too talented in that receiving core. That's not the concern. I didn't say everyone them. else was too talented. I said there's too many guys. There's too many likes a lot so, of them. So you meant you meant too, too, guy, too many bad guys or too many <laughs> yeah, good come guys. On, come on. <laughs> Baker, Baker loves Higgins. Baker loves Peoples Jones. I, I, I think I, I would still look at Kareem Hunt, even though he's in a split backfield. I don't think that totally takes him out of fantasy 100%. Yeah, I guess Kareem is but kind I, of in that you know, I, I well. do kind of agree the Browns offense is a li- one a little weird to, to work Like, as much there. as I would love to just sit here and be like, yeah, Odell's a lock, Nick Chubb's a lock, and honestly, Nick Chubb is is a lock for me. Um, I mean, he's in, – in my mind, I don't care what anyone says, Nick Chubb's the best running back in the NFL. Um. And, you know, regardless of having Kareem Hunt there, Nick Chubb's going to get his touches, right? Uh, behind arguably the league's best offensive line, or definitely top three, but probably the best. He'll be good. And I know he's like getting drafted at running back five. If you took him top three, I wouldn't hate you for it. I don't think so. I, I, I agree with you, Blade, and I think Nick Chubb's a safe bet. I really, I mean, at, that's at a guy th- who averaged three. I you might. would take him I mean, at I would running make, back three? I would take him There's right so many guys thing. we don't not like. A talent I don't thing. know. Not a talent thing. Not I know a it's not a talent thing. thing. At three. Yeah, three is a little bit high above, you You know, there's Kamara, McCaffrey, and then like Derek Cook. Henry. And then you would and take Cook, him above yeah. a lot of guys. But, I mean, maybe running back five after you throw Henry in there, I wouldn't blame you. Maybe yeah. I would take Zeke above him, but it's... I, I like Nick Chubb a lot. I really do. Like Kamara, and it's is, not even like a matter of touches because every touch that Nick Chubb gets is a threat to go to the house. <laughs> so like, well, it is a little bit of matter of touches. I mean, you. you I mean, yeah, balls. but think about like think about Nick <laughs> Chubb. I, I, you know, again, this is an excuse for me to talk about the Browns. Nick Chubb's rookie year, he gets three carries against the Raiders, and they're all breakaway runs. 
so that like it's a, it's a great no, I agree I think he's the second best yeah. back in the league behind Henry <laughs> like again but yeah Hunt is also could be a top 10 running back like he could legitimately be a considered a top 10 running back in the league I think so it's that's just the problem but I think his workload has steadily gone up almost every year of his career they seem to get yeah like to his get workload is trained tra- trading uh trending trending a little bit up. trending upwards <laughs> I, I don't think Scott. I have him at three, but five is very reasonable for him. I think I do think that I am not as worried about the split backfield as other people are, but it also is like, it's the reason why he isn't the number one back. You know, there's a reason why he's yeah. not being taken number one right now. I think it's a very valid concern to say, you know, Kareem Hunt's going to get some work, but yeah. Yeah. No, anyway, anyway, another lock might be, a Steelers guy, Pat Fryermuth, is a guy who has been lighting up in training camp, a guy who caught two touchdowns in the preseason game, a guy who was a good tight end prospect and would have been the number one tight end prospect if it wasn't for one Kyle Pitts. Um, and I know there's a lot of weapons on that Steelers offense, but I don't know, a big tight end like that, um, you know, over the middle of the field, you know, Ben scored two touchdowns yeah. with him last night, even with all the weapons. You know, if you needed to sneak a guy in there, He's a guy that I think would is probably not going to underperform in that offense, like compared to where he's being drafted. I think he's a lock to, you know, if you're in a deeper league and you need a tight end and you want to wait to the very end, I think that the, he's a safe bet. I do. I think that he could be, he just, and the, both the catches during the preseason game were like impressive, impressive catches. So he just might be that guy. And I think that Pat Fryermuth is probably my other lock. I think that he's, there's nothing but upside with him, and he could finish as a top ten tight end yeah. in the league after this season. Now that that that's, last that's statement was kind of bold. bold. Yeah, I like no, no, that last statement was very bold. Top ten tight end for a rookie. Well, actually, I guess I, I guess it's not that bold, but I guess for a rookie, that's, that's, that's that the many biggest good thing. tight ends. But yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking. Rookie, yeah, it's anything. for a rookie. That's what makes it bold. Maybe maybe I'll change it to Deontay Johnson. I I like Deontay Johnson. He's my favorite wide receiver in that Steelers trio. Um, I think that he is someone that can take a screen to the house, probably the only one who can really do that on the Steelers offense. And I think that's going to be kind of important for a Steelers offense that won't be hitting probably all that many deep shots. Um, but you know, having a guy like that who can rack it up and, uh, sneak in between a bunch of defenders and score. That's another guy I like, uh, but I, I do think Fryermuth has some hidden value as a, as a deep, deep league tight end yeah or maybe like a dynasty league yeah 100 percent. fair matt is there anyone in uh in the afc north that you're like not not a big fan of not too fond of i feel like we gotta hate. talk about him right jamar chase we're not uh <laughs> we're not super high on him here as, as somebody's been saying that like i've been overreacting to uh like before the regular season stuff but what more has to to go wrong for Jamar Chase for people to be out on him. You know, I said a while ago, I said T. Higgins was the guy I was worried about in that receiving core. Wrong. I don't think so. I don't I don't agree. I think it's I think it's Chase is the guy that I'm worried about. Not even getting into the whole girlfriend drama stuff. He's looked really rough. He's looked like he hasn't catch. Uh, he, he looks like he, he hasn't been able to catch recently. He had three drops. Um his separation has not been great. He hasn't looked good in camp. Uh, and his quarterback doesn't. I, I, is definitely a question mark for week one as far as how he's going to look coming back. And he's. it's not like you're getting Jamar Chase at 
you know, a super low ADP. So where it's like, you know, kind of a, a, a roll of the dice. He's being taken as a wide receiver too. I think that's super, super, super risky. Yeah, he's he could be. I mean, Boyd and T. Higgins might very well be better than him. Like very easily, that could happen. And like Chase, in my opinion, was when I was doing my pre-draft rankings, I went Smith, then Waddle and Bateman tied, and then I had I think Terrace Marshall, and then I had Chase. So it's not like I was particularly high on Chase to begin on, and then with the off season he's had, it's like man. There is bust potential here. There is bust potential here. And it's like, I want to give them, you know, some time, obviously. But it's like, when you're talking fantasy, like, let someone else take that on at where he's getting drafted. Like, the bust potential is scaring me. And I think, yeah. like, Boyd might be the guy that I take from that trio. I think that that might be the safest pick. I'm, I'm not fading him. I'm, I would take him over at Chase. I think he might be a better wide receiver than Chase. I think he's he's a good player. So, And he's getting drafted pretty late. Um so of that trio, I think Boyd is the best value. And Chase is one of the worst values in all of fantasy football right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't want to make like excuses for Chase, but I don't think it's we can discount the fact. That's what I'm saying. He has not played football in a year and a half. <laughs> so like there's so that much. That first preseason game him. was like the first time he has pl- like played football in a game Live in like reps. 19 months. Well, he played like, the first preseason game. That's what I'm saying. That pre that was his first time playing. In like 19 was his second. The one with three drops was technically the second time because that was their second preseason game. But I'm just saying like it's been a long time. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, that's ridiculous. And it's like Chase could turn out as a receiver and it just not worked out for him fantasy wise this year. And there's just there's too much there. There's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, how do you guys feel about the the question on everyone's mind? Joe Mixon. You know, it's funny. I like Joe um, Mixon. I think Joe okay, Mixon. I, think he's not, I definitely oh. think he's not as edgy. That's everybody's like bust. Stay right? away. He's everyone's yeah. favorite bust. Okay, the reason why is because Bengals fans keep saying that every year they're like, oh, Joe Mixon's going to be great in fantasy. And then every year he sucks in fantasy. But by so every like, year, they mean like the last two years, right? Yeah. And I wonder if it was just they were expecting him to take a bigger step up in like from 2018 to 2019. And he really didn't. And then last year he got hurt. Was that, is that, is that really, I mean, this would be the year for him to take that kind of role of having a million touches, especially if Burrow is not in the, you know, is not capable to throw like 40 times a game. And you know, like in 2019, he had 1500, Yards from scrimmage, right? Or close to it. This guy is not, it's not like he's, he's awful. I wonder what his 2019 finish was. Bladen thinks he's a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> you, you went on Listen, record man. and called him a bum. <laughs> I did make, I did make like three videos about Joe Mixon, didn't I? I mean, yeah, like, you're like, I can't believe people literally think was like he's a living quality in, starter. He is a quality like, starter. You're wrong about that. He's, he's good. He's a good running back. It's just the offensive line. Um, you know, last year failed him in injuries. Maybe, him a maybe I'm just year. too used. Maybe I'm just too used to Nick Chubb being able to just dominate without <laughs> maybe, a good offensive but line. But with where with where Joe Mixon is getting drafted, I've got him in front of me as running back 13. I think that he's going to overperform that and finish like running back eight, nine, ten. I would take the reason. Like the eight. reason why I would think to stay by, uh, away from him is just injury stuff, right? His finishes right. are nine uh, and eleven the last two times he was fully healthy. So I don't think that, and I don't think there's some huge upside for him to go be like 
a running back like four this next year, right? And like maybe not as much as some of those other running backs around him. So injuries plus not as great upside as other dudes does make me kind of stay away from him, but not necessarily because I don't think he can reach running back 13. Yeah, yeah I think thirteen is probably a good spot for being totally honest. I draft him a little bit above that, but I've always felt that way about Mixon, and I've definitely gotten burned before. But this is a big this Mixon is fan. Gonna be different. This it's is gonna be different this time. It's I the, swear, it, it Cowboys. Is, it is the, the same the, thing with it's the same thing with Dallas. It's the exact same thing with Dallas. You just pick. It's them. the same thing with every damn team. I don't care. Every <laughs> fan base is the same. Dallas is no different than anyone else. Like literally every who what fan base doesn't think it's their year? Every single one. But okay, but I'm saying like. Last year, I picked the Cowboys to be a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I'm like, oh, they're going to be like 12 and 5. And people yep. are like, bro, it's the Cowboys. Like, stop picking the Cowboys to be good. And I'm like, no. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, moving I'm on. Going. Dude, moving on. Um, you know, if I have, I have another guy I really like. Um, Shoot. It's not like a big, great value or anything, but Lamar. Lamar has to like, Lamar has to be that guy this year. I, I, I'm fully confident that he will be. Um, he's being mocked right now as like QB4, which is probably about right. Um, but, you know, if there was anyone that I felt like could be outside of like Allen, if there was anyone else I thought could be like a QB1 in fantasy, it would, it would be Lamar. I feel like there's no one else who is going to get the football, you know, more than him, like you know, he's going to run the ball a lot. Um, you know, their offensive line, you know, maybe a little, maybe not quite as good as it used to be, but you know, Lamar, Lamar's that dude, you know, and he's going to have some receivers now. Things are going to things will be looking up. The receivers are there. I do feel pretty decent about him. Bateman gets healthy. I love Tylen Wallace. Um, and if Mark, if Marquise Brown is your wide receiver three, I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Lamar is getting drafted at what quarterback four, and that's about where I would take him. I think that yeah. it's yeah. It's, so if he's, he's a lot just to got be so QB4, much, he's just got so much rushing upside that. that it's like it's impossible. You, know, yeah. you feel pretty good about it. Um, does he throw thirty something touchdowns like he did in twenty nineteen? Most likely not. But like, does he need to? Does Probably he? Yeah. Not. Does he? Yeah, I mean, does he need <laughs> to be to, to be wide receiver? to be quarterback for potentially quarterback one with the amount of rushing stuff upside that he has. I mean, he's probably exactly. going to get a thousand yards rushing anyway. That's about all I've got. I, I can't think of anyone else. And we haven't talked about J- our boy, JK Dobbins, um, who I oh, think yeah. is probably good. The value, only, the but, only um, problem with Dobbins is because there is the rushing aspect of Lamar and Gus Edwards is really good. That's the only problem I have with Dobbins being like an elite threat in fantasy. Cause otherwise I was going to say Dobbins. That was the other guy that I was thinking. I don't care. About. Dobbins. Good. He's too yeah, good. Devin's good. I want him on my team. Don't care. They'll all yep. will be revealed when he gets folded yep, in half and revealed. still stays up and scores yeah. a touchdown. And then yeah, I really, like, oh. I really think that's going to happen too. I think that they're going to go in with the plan of being way more of a committee and it's just going to be impossible to because J.K. Dobbins is too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah, that kind of happened with Chubb. <laughs> when he gets like blasted in the shoulder by some linebacker and bounces off of it like five yards to his left and then keeps going full speed. Yeah, People will be like, hmm. I was like, we should run this guy. <laughs> Maybe he's too be, good. Be really we should run this guy. Off behind, the field. Yeah. I do. I, I think that fair. he is. We all think that I, JK Dobbins highlights are too impressive. His, his, his yards after contact is insane. Rushing yards over expected. Like the amount of yards he creates for an offense, it 
he could be a future all pro in my opinion. This the tackle breaking ability that he has. Um, yep. And I think he could be viewed as an upper echelon guy by the end of the year. And bet I'm going to bet on that talent. So I think that he's Hold better on. than the wide receiver. This did happen before, man. And like, I didn't say, I'm not this guy. It's echelon. Yeah. Okay. Echelon. Someone echelon. called you out. People called you out in the people, TikTok comments People called me for out for it. Upper, I, never, I never was taught how to properly say upper echelon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well. <laughs> we've, uh, it's not okay, we, man. We have, <laughs> I know it's, it's not. not okay. Upper echelon. All right. So My now, we, now that we fixed bad. that, uh, you're forgiven, Theo. It's okay. But I think that kind of wraps things up me. on our. <laughs> you're actually you're right. They I'm glad echelon boy doesn't roll Bro. off the tongue like lemon boy or corn boy because that's what they, I mean. Echelon boy. Have you seen Matt? Have you seen the corn comments have started to kind of roll back around? No, I haven't seen any of the corn comments. <laughs> yeah, there, I keep uh, those. <laughs> I keep liking them on the uh, Stay Hot account. Trying Thank to you, man. get. The, oh, you're welcome. Very sweet of you. I, I do it. I do it just for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that kind of wraps things up for us. We did it. That is the entire. That is our entirety of uh, fantasy. I think that kind of wraps up our big fantasy recap. A lot of our drafts should be happening soon. Our draft is happening. In less than a week, September first, we will be live streaming it. Yeah. We will, you know, come out with a we've got some, bit of a plan. We've on got that. two people on board that no one knows about, and they're two very that exciting. We and I hope I don't look people. like an idiot in front of them. And you guys should watch <laughs> to see who they are. Or I guess yeah. we'll announce it before the live. Yeah, stream, we will. We will announce still. it. I think we're doing August thirtieth. Is that two days before September first? Yes, August thirtieth, Monday, August thirtieth. We will release an announcement. Um, about the live stream fantasy draft. But until next time, guys, tons of content coming your way. This was, first of all, can I get a round of applause for not doing like the AFC East when we were doing the NFC North? Like, or the AFC North? (laughs) (laughs) For sticking to the right content. (laughs) You did, you did, you did do a good job. You did great, man. Oh, oh, I I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. I'm holding my (laughs) mic so I can't clap, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I, the only I, thing that's preventing me from doing <laughs> But thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, from Corn Boy, Dunk Boy, and Lemon Boy, we will catch you all on the flippity flop. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.